If we are not just animals, what are we? That was the headline in the New York Times a few months ago, and below it a well-known philosopher wrote his answer. It is a vital question, uh, one no one can ignore, because your answer will determine how you live. This morning's poet in Psalm 8 asks that question, but in slightly different words. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you have set in their courses, what are humans that you should be mindful of them? What are humans that you should care for us? Now, as I pondered that question last week, I concluded that I needed the perspective of a complete outsider, a creature with no skin in the game, a non-human. When who should come swaggering into the living room, all attitude and aloofness, but our cat, Oreo. So, I prostrated myself on the floor in a display of inferiority, the way you have to if he's going to give you the time of day, and said, Oh, wise and mighty Oreo, what does it mean to be human? He glanced at me like I was some minor irritant, flicked his tail and made as if to walk on by when he remembered the ancient covenant between humans and cats that forces him to at least humour me or he might not be fed. So he sat and looked down his nose at me and sneered, All right, Even though you bore the whiskers off me, I will answer your feeble question. What you bipeds don't understand is that you are not the boss of us. Sadly, he continued, dogs don't believe that. They worship you with humiliating devotion and nauseating obedience. They have no self-respect. Actually, a great many pitiful creatures are taken in by your delusions of authority. Even horses, who are so powerful that if they just organised, they could take over the world. Trot, yes sir. Gallop, certainly ma'am. Jump over this fence, whatever you say, my lord. It's pathetic. And with that, he sauntered off to examine his dinner bowl. What you bipeds don't understand is, you are not the boss of us. I chewed on that bitter morsel, and as I swallowed, its sourness burnt my throat. How much sweeter is the snack that tells us we are gods and goddesses, the mistresses and masters of all we survey, the rulers of creation. Oh, that delicacy slides down very easily. Is this not the great Babylon that I have built, proclaims King Nebuchadnezzar minutes before he falls ill. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, then I will be rich and enjoy a long and happy life, boasts the farmer who that night drops dead. An end to war, poverty and sickness is within our grasp, brag the secular prophets at the start of the 20th century before the Somme, Auschwitz and Hiroshima expose the horrifying truth. Maybe Oreo has a point. When we think we're the boss, 
things go badly wrong. The writer of Psalm 8 says we surely do have a lot of power. God has given us great authority over the created order. But, and here's the thing, it's delegated power. It's borrowed authority. It's ruling by proxy. Sure, the poet says, you have made humans a little lower than angels. You give them mastery over the works of your hands. You put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, even the wild beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever walks on the paths of the sea. And sure, that does sound rather like we are the boss, until you read the first verse and the last verse. The two slices of bread that create this humility sandwich say this, O Lord our Governor, how exalted is your name in all the world. That is the context for understanding human authority. God remains sovereign. It is his universe, his world, his stuff. But we have the privilege of looking after it. Not bosses, but staff. Not shareholders, but managers. Not owners, but stewards. What we bipeds don't understand is, we are not the boss of it. How are the pigs today? Are they well and happy, or have you needed to call the vet lately? How's that old sow doing? How many piglets do you think she'll drop this year? And that big old hog, I hear the owner is thinking of showing him in the county fair. Good luck and bring back a rosette. So how are the pigs today? Because you look after pigs. A whole herd of them actually. At least according to the Oxford English Dictionary you do. You see, in Old English, a person who looked after pigs was called a sty ward. And over time, sty ward became steward. And over further time, steward came to refer to anyone who had responsibility for managing another person's belongings. So how are the pigs? That pig you drove to church this morning... That pig you live in. That pig that looks like a bank account, but get closer and you'll hear it snort. That pig that resembles a portfolio of investments, but look carefully and you'll see it has a snout and trotters. These are not your pigs. These pigs have another owner. What we bipeds don't understand is, we are not the boss of them. What we bipeds don't understand is we are fellow creatures with the pigs and, for that matter, with the cats. We are part of creation. We are born, we live, we grow, we decline, we die. We are fellow sufferers in this decaying universe. This truth hit me powerfully a couple of years ago. Oreo, yes, him again, had an infection. He was in pain, he was lethargic, thoroughly miserable, 
And as I sat in my armchair and watched him plod across the room, head down, labouring with every step, and then flop down to sleep, I felt empathy. This cat and I were in this together. He is a creature, and so am I. He gets sick, and so do I. He succumbs to viruses and bacteria, and so do I. One day he will die, and so will I. We are powerless. So I felt this humble solidarity with this wretched cat. And I also experienced a stab of conscience. I felt some responsibility for causing his suffering. Paul in Romans 8 reflects on the condition of the world and says, We know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together with us. And in Genesis we discover it's the sin of our ancestors in Eden, whether you wish to understand that literally or as a metaphor, the deeper truth is still the same. Our rebellion against God has caused this tragic alienation so that the created order is shot through with decay and death. And we, human beings, are out of relationship with our earthly surroundings. We are alienated from the world God has asked us to manage. What we bipeds don't understand is, we are partners. Partners with God. Co-creators, co-sustainers, co-managers. Last week, if you were here, you will remember I mentioned that God calls us beloved children. But there's more. We are also beloved partners. God's beloved children and God's beloved partners. This is not the usual guilt-inducing stewardship campaign. What we bipeds don't understand is that we have received the divine invitation, the glorious summons, the honoured command to partner with God in stewarding the material world. And that includes the pigs with your name on them. This little piggy's the money, this little piggy the home, this little piggy the paycheck, and this little piggy the phone. And this little piggy goes squeal, 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 all the way to God's throne. Last week, Galinda and I spent two days in the Poconos, staying at the lake house of some gracious people. It was blissful, quiet, beautiful, serene. It was a good place for me to dwell on the events of the week, and in particular, my becoming a US citizen. And as I listened yesterday morning to the acorns bouncing off the roof, watched the chipmunks with swollen faces frantically storing the earth's gifts for their winter sleep, and breathed in the moist woodland aromas, Woody Guthrie's song wafted through my mind. This land is my land now. And then I heard another voice, the gentle but firm correcting voice of God. Whose land is this? He asked. Whose pigs are you now enjoying? And I was moved to think of the battles that raged over who owns this rich soil. I thought of the first inhabitants, long since dispossessed, 
and the suffering caused and experienced by the two countries I'm now a citizen of. Yes, Lord, when we bipeds act like we own the place, the only outcome is pain. Now, of all the liberating truths in the Christian faith, this is right up there with God forgiving our sins and promising to hear us when we pray. The belief that God owns the pigs and merely asks us to manage them sets us free. It unlocks the prison of worry, unties the ropes of anxiety, severs the chains of anger. So the value of the stock market falls, and along with it are retirement savings. If those pigs were actually ours, if we truly owned them, then it would be quite appropriate to worry, to be fearful of the future, to be angry with the market or your advisor or God or everyone. But if it is not our money, if these are not our pigs, then why become anxious? God has promised that we will have enough. What if scripture is right, that it is actually God's and was never ours in the first place? Isn't that a recipe for serenity? But if we fall for the lie that we own the pigs, then we give up our peace and exchange it for worry and anger. I know this is hard. I understand that the notion that we don't own anything runs counter to every message Western society has preached to us. I believe this is the most countercultural message that modern Americans can hear. But can you also see the good news in it? Can you see your resurrection on the other side of the cross? Can we loosen our grip on material things and allow God to take back his property if he decides to relieve us of management responsibilities and give them to someone else? Can you imagine what it must be like to give it all over to the creator and owner and say, do with it as you wish? Now I know what you're thinking. Okay, Father D, tell us, how is this working for you? How are the pigs, and how successful are you at living as if they were not yours, but God's? And I would throw myself on the mercy of the court. I tell you that I grip too tightly. I ignore what I know. I pretend like these pigs are mine. And that makes me the unhappiest type of Christian. The one that says, I know how to achieve peace, but I'd rather worry. I am aware of how to live free from anger, but I choose to seethe when I see my tax bill. I understand how to eradicate fear from my heart, but I prefer to hold on to it, acting as if the pigs I look after are mine and keep me safe in an uncertain future. So don't be like me. What this biped understands is that I'm not the boss of the pigs, but I'm too grasping to live like it. Oreo gets it. How about you?